Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. All right, everybody. Happy morning here. Tuesday morning, that is. November 28th, 2023. And it's not just any Tuesday morning. It's Giving Tuesday. That's right. We had Cyber Monday. We had Witchcraft Wednesday. I don't know. All these different sort of Thanksgiving marketing terms, Black Friday. Well, here's one that's actually as wholesome as can get. Have you heard of Giving Tuesday? I'm sure you have. It's a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. Now, don't don't get me wrong. We're going to get into some tea here today. We've got bachelor news. We've got pop culture, entertainment news, but when it really comes down to it, none of that stuff matters. It really doesn't. Today is a day about helping out others. And I've got just the charity for you. A close family member of mine started a charity after tragedy struck when they lost their newborn baby. And because of the generosity in their hearts and their ongoing vision for helping out during tough times, they've created a charity called Blessings for Barrett. And what uh, they have several different ways you can support them, blessingsforbarrett.com. But I specifically want to share the Sibling Comfort Box. So sponsor a Sibling Comfort Box and join our mission to embrace the forgotten mourners with love and support. I'm going to share a link in the description to the Amazon wish list for Blessings for Barrett. And in this Amazon wish list, you can just pick out any of any number of these very affordable little uh, toys and gifts and arts and crafts and things like that. What a powerful message. They say, thank you for supporting the smallest grievers with the biggest hearts, the siblings. Your generosity makes a meaningful difference in their journey of healing and hope. Let's do a solid and surprise the uh, organizers of this charity by really helping out. Uh, I appreciate in advance all of the generosity of our community because we know there's a ton out there. And look, I know it's a tough transition, but we're going to get into some real gossip and BS and stuff that just doesn't matter. But during the holiday season, especially with these morning rush episodes, I really want to highlight humanity as it exists out there. Well, I recorded yesterday a very, very um, uh, uh, warm uh, driving with Dave with Becca Moore. She's a content creator who had a crazy story where she went from getting robbed in Coachella to helping out a family by raising a quarter million dollars to their kids' cancer um, uh, medical bills. It's an absolutely fantastic story. You're going to have to wait till Saturday for me to share it, but I already recorded it today and I'm telling you, we got a lot of good, warm stories that are going to really uplift you out there. And I think we need it at the very least to round up 2023. All right. Well, could you believe it? My Nate driving with Dave has made it to the top story of Us Weekly. Bachelorette's Nate Olakoya claims ex Michelle Young didn't donate house down payment gift from ABC. Sorry, I'm laughing as I say this because it's such a complicated storyline that it's always so funny to see these print journalists uh, try to fit it all into a uh, title there. But either way, a lot of people had a lot of opinions on this story. Uh, I, you know, I'm one of those like Urkel moments where I broke something and I'm like, did I do that? Whoops. Okay. That's probably a reference that a lot of you Gen Z folks won't understand where my elder millennials at. You got the reference. Either way, it's fascinating, but it's not 
not the only fascinating story happening in Bachelor Nation. That's right, the Blake Horstman story we covered the last couple days where uh, he essentially was exposed for being on Raya, a uh, dating app for celebrities and influencers and things like that. He denies it and says, oh, I uh, my, uh, bought a new phone and my app was re-downloaded. Well... <laughs> It looks like it's one of those stories that uh, is just gaining strength, not because he's guilty or anything, but Us Weekly picked up the story. And when you search for the story on Us Weekly, uh, the title says Blake Horseman denies being on Raya during Giannina Gabelli's pregnancy. When you click on the link, it takes you to a different story, which, of course, you know me, or maybe you don't. That means we've got a scandal brewing, folks. Uh, that's right. What happened to the delete? story. I'm going to get into it. There's a lot of possibilities. Hey, look, you know, you can't blame Blake for maybe getting his PR people on a story, wanting it removed and wanting to kill it. But, you know, this is the Streisand effect. Sometimes when you try to kill a story, you just make it that much bigger. It's almost like when you try to blow out a fire and you just spread it. I'm not saying he's guilty of anything right now, uh, but it for sure is a story that is not dying as quickly as some would hope. Wild stuff out there, folks. All right. Well, what's a conversation if we're not going to talk about Scientology? John Travolta is reportedly giving major clues that he's disillusioned with the Church of Scientology. Yeah, look, I, I'm all about, uh, you know, I'm all about people practicing whatever religion they want, but the Church of Scientology uh, gives me the creeps, folks. It gives me the creeps. What I would give, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I don't know if you know this, but I watched The Firm over the weekend. Come on, risky business. Sometimes you just got to say, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I love a Tom Cruise movie. Uh, yeah, but I tell you what, I would love Tom Cruise even more if he got out of the spell here of Scientology. And same thing with John Travolta. Well, either way, could this be the end of the cult for him? The last few... Oh, okay, we might have some Scientologists in the crowd. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Just my opinions. Don't send me back to court. I'm busy enough. The last few years for John Travolta have been difficult ones with the loss of his beloved wife, Kelly Preston, and his close pal, Kirsten, Kirstie Alley, to cancer. There are now reports that those tragic, life-changing moments may have altered his dedication to the Church of Scientology, and there are some major clues that the rumor could be true. The controversial church recently had a flashy gala that was hosted by Tom Cruise, but the 69-year-old Travolta was noticeably absent. Tom Cruise made a grand entrance by helicopter. Of course it would be by helicopter. But John, despite being a pilot, with his own plane opted not to come, leaving attendees puzzled. The important Scientology event was something Travolta normally would have attended in the past, so the whispers about a possible exit are getting louder. Yeah, what do, what do you say we get John Travolta with Leah Ramini, and maybe they could uh, expose the church a little bit more? I don't know. We'll have to see how it all plays out over there. And uh, and, and you know what? We got a Stephen Colbert story we're going to get to, but let's take a quick break. A little word from the sponsor. We'll be right back after this. Stephen Colbert cancels Late Show for one week due to ruptured appendix. Yikes. Following the Thanksgiving hiatus, one week of episodes of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert has been canceled unexpectedly as Colbert recovers from surgery following a ruptured appendix. My question is this. Will anybody care? I mean, ah, I used to be a comedian's dream to get on late night TV. And I tell you what, thanks to the advent of YouTube and, you know, the internet, basically, The Tonight Show and late night TV, they just, it's just not what it used to be. You know, it used to 
to be if you went on Johnny Carson, you you were made. You you became a star. Ellen DeGeneres, she goes on Johnny Carson the next day. She's a household name. Times have changed. Now you can power recap. You can do 17 podcasts a day. You can do all the different things you need to do to make it out there. And, um, and uh, you know, sadly, these uh, late night TV shows are just hemorrhaging money. Uh, he said this uh, via his threads page on Monday. Sorry to say that I have to cancel our shows this week. I'm sure you're thinking turkey overdose, Steve. Gravy boat capsize. Actually, I'm recovering from surgery for a ruptured appendix. I'm grateful to the doctors for their care and to Evie and the kids for putting up with me. Going forward, all emails to my appendix will be handled by my pancreas. All right. <laughs> Even in a stupid memo, he ends up bombing. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, you, are you following this P. Diddy story? There is a former bodyguard of P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, who's piling on to all of these other rumors that he may be a bad guy. Uh, I'm kind of hesitant to share it. Between sharing this story and Scientology, I'm sure going to be making some enemies. But here he is, Gene Deal, former body, bodyguard of Diddy, alleging that Danity Kane was going to be trafficked. I mean, these are heavy allegations. Have a listen. They have indies, non-disclosure. That means that if you work for them, you around them, you can't disclose any of the information about them. But there's some artists that didn't say anything, that didn't sign it, and they able to talk about anything they want to. And I think that's those girls that was, I think Danny came. I, I think a couple of them didn't sign it. And boy, oh boy, they probably gonna go after him too. Because I heard him, and I'm giving you this, Aubrey. He stood up there and he said, in front of a lot of people, we were in the studio. And I said something to him and walked out the studio. He said, yo, I'm going to drug their ass off and pick them out and, and, and pip them out to my, <laughs> pip them out to my neck. He said, I'm going to drug them out. I'm going to get them all on drugs. And I'm going to pimp their ass out to my... I didn't have P. Diddy being a pimp on my bingo card for the end of 2023. But here we are, folks. I mean, talk about some morning rush content. We're all over the place. We'll have to see how he responds. This might be one of those sort of house of cards moments where when one person takes a shot at you, they all come out of the woodworks. But who knows? I mean, this is wild stuff from the hip-hop world. And in other music news, Taylor Swift turned down invitation to play at King Charles Coronation, book claims. Good for Taylor Swift. This is a good moment for Americans right here. Why the hell would we come out there and perform for somebody else's king? Like, don't they realize we left them for a reason? This is the gosh dang United States of America. Taylor Swift is a global icon. This isn't the Beatles. No, okay. Uh, either way. In his new book, Endgame, Royal Expert Omid Scobie claims that Taylor Swift, 33, turned down an offer to perform at the coronation, which took place in May. Scobie noted that plenty of other musicians also declined invitations to perform to the point that it was a challenge for organizers to find artists for the event. Oh, man, poor. I mean, pray for uh, King Charles out there getting no respect. Um, in the months leading up to Charles' coronation, reports circulated that many other artists, including Harry Styles, Adele, Robbie Williams, and the Spice Girls, turned down offers to play. Listen, no offense to the Spice Girls, but I don't think they're turning many offers down right now. I could see Harry Styles and Adele, but come on, if you're Robbie Williams and the Spice Girls, you gotta go play. Elton John 
Man, where are you? That's your country. Do what you got to do. All right. Either way, we'll jump into some other Taylor Swift news. Um, in a statement, so th- this, this is kind of a wild story. I don't know if we've covered it here, but Taylor Swift performing last week in Rio de Janeiro, actually uh, an audience member in her concert, uh, died after cardiac arrest. It's a real terrible story. And people said, where was Taylor Swift? Is she going to be donating to the family, this, that, and the other? Well, in a statement, the Benavides family said all the costs of their trip to Rio de Janeiro in the transfer of of her body, uh, the uh, girl who died, Anna Clara Benavides, uh, were paid for only with help of family, friends, and a crowdfunding raised on the internet without any collaboration of the event organizers nor municipal and state public bodies in Rio de Janeiro. A person with knowledge of the situation said Taylor Swift and her team have communicated with and donated to Benavidi's parents, and the family was invited to meet the pop singer at a show this weekend. Yeah, uh, You know, you'd be out of your mind if you don't think Taylor Swift is going to take care of this family. It was a terrible event. You know, it was a heat wave. And apparently the municipality rules of this concert were that there is no water bottles that could be brought into the stadium. But of course, there was a heat, you know, I'm sure they do that for for uh, security threats. But of course, the place wasn't prepared to handle uh, hydration issues. And uh, you feel terribly for the family and for Taylor Swift, who I'm sure would have loved to prevent this senseless death if she could have. Uh, And good to see that the family has gotten a chance to meet with Taylor Swift. They posted a photo together and hopefully they can use this tragic event to, uh, you know, put in some safe measures so that this never, ever happens again. Just wild stuff out there. And I, I tell you what, I mean. You know, Taylor Swift, she's been a global superstar for a long time, but she has never been this big. And you can't you can't help but think that if you're going to throw a concert with 80,000 people, somebody may die. Uh, but that sounds so senseless if it's because of something like a heat related issue, you know, uh, in the future, you know, if temperatures go above, you know, I don't know, 97 degrees at some point, you got to cancel the show. It was well into the hundred degrees. And Beyonce also in the news. She's got a new film coming out, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Well, it doesn't just celebrate the good. It's also giving insight into technical difficulties during several shows, as well as rough patches for the singer herself, who underwent knee surgery just a month before tour rehearsals began. All right. Are you like me, an elder millennial? You're feeling old? Now Beyonce uh, can't pop all the moves she used to. I mean, hey, look, you know, you just, you know, dancing's tough out there. You got knee surgery, you know. They're, they're athletes, you know what I mean? And she's not getting any, just like the rest of us, she's not getting any younger. So good to see she overcame the knee surgery to deliver uh, during her tour. And we've got good friend of the program, former Bachelorette star and current Bachelor in Paradise star, Blake Moynes, making his rounds on Canadian TV in Winnipeg. Is that where this is, Winnipeg? Either way, we love some good Canadian morning television. Let's see what Blake Moynes is up to. As our next guest, Blake Moynes from the Bachelor franchise, but he's also a longtime wildlife conservation advocate. He does amazing work. He's working on a variety of wildlife projects right now, including one here in Ontario to protect the boreal caribou habitat. Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you here. And so many of us are so familiar, you know, with you from The Bachelor. Right. But this is a real, a real passion and, and work of yours. So talk to me about when you first, you know, started loving animals. Uh, well, I started when I was really, really young, yeah. and even in school. So, you know, those projects that come up where you pick a wildlife um, or animal that you want to try to protect. 
Tigers was mine, and a major contributor to that was poaching. You know, you being a kid, right, in a simple answer. Well, we say by killing the poachers. <laughs> Although an intense thing to say at that time and yeah. laughing at it looking back, that was the first sign where I was like, I want to protect wildlife. Mm -hmm. And so that tr life. Mm -hmm. And so that trickled and trickled and trickled and kind of here I am today. Wow. Yeah. So like how, how long, because you're from Hamilton, correct? Yes. So how long have you been in this space in terms of protecting wildlife, would you say? I would say it really took a turn over the last three years, and I really just fostered what came with the Bachelor franchise and a platform and a voice um, to do that. Animals need a voice, and with the Bachelor came a platform that allowed me to do that. So it's been about three years now, and it gets busier and busier and busier. There's so many issues to touch on, and so I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Wow, look at that. Blake Moines. Uh, no, is stopping no time soon. He's using his platform from the Bachelor franchise to, to do all the things. I mean, he's out there. He's saving the moose. He's building new rhinos. He, he can do it all, folks. And boy, could we get Blake to be the next Bachelorette? Excuse me. Could we get Blake to be the next Bachelor? What we would give to have that. Wouldn't that be a nice homegrown treat uh, from Bachelorette to Bachelor in Paradise to bachelor hey no time too soon blake you can find love out there in the serengeti but can you find it in the fantasy suite apparently after if you've talked to some people he's found he's found his uh he got his groove back let's just put it that way uh blake can get it is what i'm trying to say all right well we got some other news to get to here before we wrap it up but let's take a quick word from the sponsors I also want to take a moment to thank everybody for making yesterday's first double episode day so successful. It was our most downloaded day of all time. No surprises, we doubled up on the episodes, and it might not be for everybody, right? Uh, we're going to try to just continue to give you the most precise, efficient, loving content we can speckled in with some gossip and drama and some occasional stupid stories. Now, speaking of stupid stories, we'll end on a funny one today, but I <laughs> funny lightly. Well, it depends unless you're on this southwestern flight, I'm about to say. But um, Special Forces will have the we'll have discussion about the finale on the afternoon uh, rush hour. I wanted to give you guys a chance to avoid it if you didn't want the spoilers or if you wanted to make sure you know you could watch it throughout the day. So we'll get into that on the next um, uh, afternoon episode and we'll have so much more to talk about as other news develops throughout the day. Well, let's end on this one. A Southwest Airlines passenger opened an emergency exit and climbed onto a plane's wing while the aircraft was at the gate. Uh, this is the, you know what I mean? You could you got Economy Plus, you got uh, Southwest with their stupid rules, their A, B, C groups, and now you have a group in and of the, themselves, which is, I guess, uh, exiting off of the emergency wing. A man on a Southwest Airlines flight opened an emergency exit door and climbed onto the plane's wing Sunday while the aircraft was at a gate at New Orleans' Louis Armstrong International Airport. The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office said it responded to a disturbance at the airport after a 38-year-old man opened the emergency exit door to access the wing and jump out. The plane was stationary and had not departed the gate at the time of the incident, and the man was stopped by personnel on the ground and held until deputies arrived. Passenger Zed Webster told CNN he heard what sounded like an argument between two passengers across the aisle from him and was concerned they might start a fight. He said he took out his phone and began to record the incident. As soon as he pressed the record button, Webster said the passenger unlatched the lock to the emergency exit door and jumped out the window, and he then says, I was terrified. Webster's video shows several passengers evacuating the plane and rushing through the jetway. 
Later, the video shows what appears to be an airline employee jumping from the jetway onto the tarmac to assist colleagues in subduing the passenger. Look, hey, this is, you know what I mean? Uh, they called it a mental health emergency. There's something about flying and being, you know, in a closed capacity that will send some people over the edge. I can almost relate to that. You know what I mean? Not that I've ever had to use the emergency exit myself, but hey, if the passenger was having an emergency, then maybe he needed the exit. You know what I mean? Uh, either way, this, uh, this, uh, I mean, could you imagine just sitting there being like, all right, that flight's about to take off. It's three minutes late. And all of a sudden something like this happens. And it's like, well, cancel your afternoon plans. It's going to be a little bit of a longer story there. And don't forget, we've got an action-packed week. This Thursday, we have the finale of Golden Bachelor. It's going to be a two-hour episode, 8 to 10. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll have one hour of Bachelor in Paradise. The following week, we'll have a three-hour Bachelor in Paradise finale. I know, this is going to be insane. Well, let's make it more insane. On Thursday, we'll do a one-hour pre Golden Bachelor finale live stream. So that's 7 p.m. East Coast, 4 p.m. Pacific. And then and then I guess we'll do an after show. Let's do a quick after show at 11 p.m. Oh, boy, I'm really overdoing it now. Uh, we'll do an after show. That, that, again, that'll be after Bachelor in Paradise at 11 p.m. East Coast. Uh, what is that, 8 p.m. Pacific? Oh, boy. And then next week, we'll do the same thing, a pre- Bachelor in Paradise finale live stream, and then an after show live stream. Now, once we get back to our normal schedule programming in January of 2024, we'll get back to full live streams. But this Thursday schedule with the three hours makes it very hard for people to fall into this live stream, you know, to, to get that additional content. But we'll do it for you on the finale. Don't you worry. Also, next week, day yet to be determined, I'm going to be doing a gingerbread making live stream on the family channel, Tasha Courtney and Dave Neal do fun things. So if you haven't caught up on the family channel and want to see what we got going on with the pregnancy and all of the updates there, that's where you'll find us. So while you're shopping this week, if you see any of those stupid gingerbread making kits at your local store, pick one up. You can make some gingerbread houses with your kids or yourselves or however you want to do it. And again, that'll be next week, date to be determined. You could always watch it live or come after. I'll play some Christmas music and we'll just do it for about an hour. It'll be a lot of fun. Again, stay tuned for those updates. We'll be getting to those. And if you're looking for other ways you can support us, if you're not getting enough content, by all means, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. We'll have all of our bonus content over there. Well, in the meantime, I got a lot to get to today on Giving Tuesday. Don't forget, link in the description if you want to donate to that Amazon wish list. And I appreciate in advance all of your generosity. All right, have a good one. As always, I'm Dave Neal and this this was Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.